the 19th Hole Podcast presented by Golf Talk Live and brought to you by Perfect Practice Putting Mat, Yips, and Survivor Golf Tape. How do you measure yourself with other golfers? By height. It's a very, very special honor. I'm Paula Kramer, and you're listening. Well, we're waiting. Hi, this is Martin Cove, a.k.a. John Kreese from Cobra Kai, and you're listening to Golf Talk Live. Let the word go out from here across the land. Let Daddy Noonan uh, approve. All right, all right, all right. We are back once again. Alan DePew, Golf Talk Live. I am joined once again by our esteemed panel of experts, at least in our own mind, right, guys? I've got Andy Hydorn, Christian Nazamus, and joining us, Boston Bob Baldessar. You missed last week. I hope everything was okay there, Bobby. I had a little back issue, but uh, I'm ready to start getting out there. Well, good, you're going to have to carry us today. So, uh, yeah, I got you. You know, I, later on in the show, we're going to talk teaching. I really had wished that Brendan was able to make it with us this evening. He is out doing what he does, which is uh, laying the groundwork for future PGA Tour stars. I don't know if you caught caught the show last week, Bob, but, you know, you did casually point out that, one, that he did instruct Sam Ryder. He brought that up again. Yeah. I, I think that was a little selfish plug on, on, on you know, Mr. Elliott's part, but, uh, you know, quite worthy of it, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a little subtlety there. A little subtlety there. Christian, speaking of which, we didn't we really actually didn't talk about that, but you ever seen beer cans come flying? Actually, you know what? Where's the show notes, Christian? There they go. All right, so. I think Let's last just... time I saw beer cans flying out was with you and me on the golf course after you and I were just making birdies left and right. True. That's true. <laughs> or we were usually... throwing up an Andrew for missing putts. Dude, usually if I'm on the golf course and I'm having a beverage at the transfusion and, and multiple ones, but no, but uh, Andy, here's a question. We're going to, we got a really big couple of big topics, but I didn't get this in last week and I wanted to talk about it. So I'm going to talk about it now. Um, Beer cans, Phoenix open or Phoenix waste management, great theater. We all think that this is fun for one time, but are they going to have to start restricting tops on beer bottles and beer cans at these stadium cans that come raining down on the 16th hole now? Look, I, I've thought about this quite a bit, right? So do I love all the, the atmosphere and all that stuff? there at the waste management absolutely do i think it's it's added to the fun and to the excitement of the event absolutely do i think it would be any less fun and any less exciting and interesting if people didn't throw beer cans and bottles on the green no i don't so having to take it to that level at at throwing stuff it to me is just ridiculous it doesn't need that. That that's the throwing of the beer bottles on the green doesn't make it the fun. The fun is all the excitement, the noise, people having a good time. I, I just think it's it's extremely poor judgment to to take it to that level. I, I just think it's ridiculous. I don't disagree, and I think there's a safety issue. Quite honestly, I think that's I think that's going to be the biggest topic that they're going to bring up. But uh, Bob. You're obviously sitting there with a wealth of Boston memorabilia. You've been at uh, the original Boston Gardens, TD, TD Bank. You've seen a lot of hats fly on that rink. Is there any difference? 
Yeah, it's a big difference. And uh, I do agree with Andy. And, you know, I read something this week that said uh, it was a recap thing. And you go to a golf tournament, you could be there seven, eight, nine hours um, enjoying yourself, hydrating with a certain beverage. Adult beverage. Yeah. But you go to uh, NHL, NBA, NFL games, and you can't, you know, they're going to cut you off in the third period or the fourth quarter, or you're only there for, you know, a few hours inside the stadium. So, um, you know, PJ Tour is probably going to have to look at that at certainly with um, out at the waste management event. I'm, I agree that I, I've always wondered the last few years they've been creeping up to the line. And I think they went over that line this year. Um, they're going to have to do something for the safety factor. And Christian, I get to, I'm going to throw this one to you because I mean, at what point does it go the other direction? I mean, when you talked about when we go out and play, when I throw my shirt over my head, I didn't see you whooping it up very much. I don't think anybody wants to see that first and foremost, Alan. I'm sorry. I love you. I don't, I don't think anybody wants to see that. Um, no, I, like, look, I, I don't know. Like, it's, it's, there's got to be a, a cut off. Lay it on as Gen Z. Well, there's got to be a cutoff. Well, you're coming from somebody that doesn't really drink a lot to begin with. So, like, there's got to there's got to be a cutoff, like, especially in the last round uh, or or any day of the week, right, for that, for these tournaments, especially on 16. Um, you know, like Bob mentioned, like, anytime you go to an NHL game or an NFL game, even NBA, they cut you off either at half times, like, last by, and, like, you, you, you can't get a drink in the second half. Um, there's got to be a cutoff point, I think, because like you mentioned, Alan, it's a security purpose. It's, it's a safety purpose. Um, somebody's going to get hurt doing that. Um, it, it, you know, luckily there was nobody actually hurt during this event, but who knows what's going to happen, you know, next year and in, in the years to come. Um, so I, I think that PGA has got to look at, look into this. I think they have to really like, like make a stand, I think moving forward. So Bobby, Bobby does, does, should more events be like this? Should they have more more of these get rowdy kind of fun atmospheres? You know, I was at the Honda on Thursday this week down here in Florida, and what they've done at the Bear Trap and that 17th hole, I think they've gone right up to the line. It's a lot of fun. People are engaged. It's uh, it's got that it's got that 16th that waste management feel to some degree as far as the build out, uh, but they've not. It's not gone over the top. I do think the the more that people can see golf. Um, and it's more exciting than they can, they can say, you know, I think I want to try that. That looks fun. I want to come to me or to Brendan and then let's, you know, we'll help them get on the golf course and see where the magic is out there. And uh, yeah, I, on the one hand, I do wish more events had, I don't know, they just looked at it as uh, the experience for the fans and, and the spectators that it was, it was just pure fun and excitement. I think, you know, the players are going to like it. I don't think they want it every week, but um, yeah, maybe, after waste management, it seems like there's not much out there. The Honda has, has done a wonderful job with families as well out there. Uh, but then after that, I can't quite think off the top of my head who's doing anything else like that. Yeah, the Byron the Byr- Nelson has always done something similar too. Um, there's there's a, a pretty big social aspect to the Byron Nelson. And, did, and I mean, you guys are New Englander. I mean, I think I even referenced it before Hartford used to have, you know, get a little rowdy up there on whatever one of the par threes on the back nine. Speaking of the Honda, Andy question for you is you get the, you got the top 10 get tour. We touched on this. We didn't get to elaborate top 10 players are uh, in the world, all 25, basically years old, uh, by the way. Um, they're all out there at Riviera, but then fast forward a week, the Honda, you don't have anybody in the top 25. It was 
it was void of the top names. Right. But, but here's my take on that. I, I think, you know, it's so deep a field and the PJ tour is so deep that there's always great players. I don't care if there's no top 10 players. I mean, like the, the level of golf being played is, is phenomenal to me. Um, and I think Honda's a little bit of a, of an unfortunate circumstance of, of scheduling. And I don't believe the players really love to play there. Um, so I think those two things, you know, the, the, the season schedule is so packed that, you know, if they're looking to take a week off somewhere in this time period, unfortunately, the Honda seems to be um, a choice of, of most of the players because, you know, after this, you got, you got Bay Hill, then you got, I think, a world golf championship, then the players. And I mean, it, it's, they can't play every week, right? And, and I think they pick and choose where they're going to take their week off. Oh, and and you, I think you touched it. It beats them up. I mean, it's a yeah. it's a it's a tough golf course. You want to get you know, you want to go into those into Bay Hill into the ones that you know how, carry a certain level of esteem and recognition, playing well, right, Christian? You don't want to go in there having just gotten beaten up by the bear tra- bear trap. No, of course not. I mean, you know, the Bay, Bay Hill is a, um, you know, it's a ball striker golf course, obviously. That's the way Arnold designed it. You know, that's the way that everybody around golf really, I mean, that, that's a, this is like a, a major to some people because of this, just a history around obviously Bay Hill and what it means to a lot of people. Um, yeah. I mean, but then you see what Bryson did last year and he made the course look short. I mean, the course is 7,500 yards and he made it look like it was 6,500 yards. You know, I mean, if he was hitting a lob wedge into a par five, that's over 550 yards. That's just unheard of. And so, made five. And he made five. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, this is a tournament I love to watch. I, I, right? I, I had to give you that. I mean, I know he's your boy there, Christian. <laughs> love Bryson. Honestly, <laughs> it's my favorite golfer on tour. Um, oh, sarcasm there, folks, if you did not catch it. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's a great tournament to watch. It's never a dull moment, honestly. I mean, there's so many, so many legends that have won this tournament. Um, you know, especially on 18 on a Sunday. So um, I love watching it. You know, I don't know if we're doing picks later or not, but I got, I got a guy that I think is really going to shine. Uh, well, you know, the, the, the show notes, we <laughs> just throw them away. Honestly, let's get them so out of here. Just, let's throw picks in there at the end of this. Why not? We'll pencil that in. <laughs> hey, Bobby, the topic, the big topic of all, and I was going to, I was going to use certain words to describe it, like blowing up and things like that. I'm going to back away from that. We're just going to say free fall, given the light of what's going on in the world. And thoughts and prayers are with everybody over there, Bobby, by the, by the way. But what the hell is our topic? It was our number one conversation last week. Phil, I mean, this guy, he's losing everything. Uh, pretty interesting situation. Yeah, they keep sponsors keep dropping. You know, when I was out at the Honda, it was a topic of discussion. Certainly some people I ran into. And, you know, he, yeah, the the the, the legacy word, the term, you know, what he's done in his career, um, he's taken a beating. So good for him that he's got to step back and get away from it. Um, you know, I've a, been. They had a in, mandatory players meeting down there, I believe, on Tuesday yeah. or Wednesday, right? Yeah, with the commissioner. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, I, in in where I have worked and what I have done and the people I know, I've been 
yeah, connected to some inner circles. And, you know, some people are not too surprised with um, how Phil has articulated things. So um, it's sort of, you know, what comes articulated around. Articulated things, very well stated. Yeah, what, what comes around goes around at times. So, um, yeah, I, I think the, maybe the, uh, you know, the idea of uh, trying to improve the tour and, and you're always going to, I don't care if it's at my golf shop or Andy's company or this radio show, you're always trying to do some better things and improve, but um, he, he went out this drastically wrong. And the thing that really sticks with me, I cannot get out of my head was, you know, when he dropped the expletive and said, you know, yeah, working with those, you know, he knew they were bad guys. I mean, it's just, uh, it, it's it. Well, I was going to throw her over to Andy. <laughs> I actually have the quote right here. I brought I, I wanted to save it, so see, Christian, I do occasionally have notes. <laughs> Quote, they are some scary mother efforts to get involved with. I mean, and then he goes and elaborates how they their record, how they uh, we know they killed uh, so-and-so and have a horrible record of human rights. They execute people over there for alternative lifestyles. Knowing this, why would I even consider it? But they're why great even, guys, he says. What's that? But they're great guys. They says. are great guys. Yeah. I mean, if that wasn't the most confusing thing, I mean, he goes on, he goes on this rant about how bad they are. But then, you know, he's like, and that's why I'm sticking with these guys, which I don't, I don't get the least bit. One thing I would say, two things I want to say, actually. The first thing is that Phil's done an amazing job forging his reputation amongst the fans of the PGA Tour. An amazing job. He's, he's, clearly one of the best autograph signers he's one of the best tippers um he's done an unbelievable job doing that i believe that he's also um just the opposite in the way that his his fellow players view him i think i think he's and i've heard this for a long time he's not well liked there's not a lot of of love out there from the other players to fill so I think he's created this this image with the fans and then he's himself with the players. That's one thing. I think the other thing that I wanted to point out and really throw out to you guys too is, is that the thing that confuses me, and I watched a lot of Golf Channel coverage on this when he, he uh, released his statement. The thing that confuses me the most is we live in this cancel culture world right now, right? Where, you know, the Justin Thomas thing and you know, all that stuff happens to people all the time. I can't figure out what did Phil do to get dropped by Workday, by American Express, by KPMG. I can understand the Callaway thing because it's, it's in the golf business, but I don't quite get just yet what, what he did with his, you know, his stupid it, comments. You know what? It's funny. Enough to get dunked. No, I, I, I completely matter, matter of fact, Alan Shipnut, who did the interview, right, who then went on. And if you were following his Twitter feed, I, you know, he's asking the same question. What did Phil really do? Yes, he said some bad, used bad words. He did this. He did that. But I mean, they have obliterated this guy. Every sponsor's left him. Right. And if you believe what what the Golf Channel insiders say, we don't know the first thing about what's coming out about Phil. Like there's way more to come out. And this is what was insinuated in the commentary that I saw. There's way more to come out. 
there's been stories floating around about Phil with illegitimate kids, with gambling, with all kinds of stuff. And I think one, one thing that stood out to me was, you know, I want to be a better person or whatever the exact words were. So to me, there's, there, there has to be something more, much larger to drop here um, that we don't know about yet. So Christian, uh, his other statement that he made is, quote, a once in a lifetime opportunity to reshape how professional golf, the, the professional golf association operates. Um, and then he went on to the, then that actually led into the whole Saudi Arabia thing. Obnoxious greed. What does he got to reshape? Actually, that's, that, that's as good for Bobby to answer also, but I'm going to let you chime in. I, I, truthfully, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I think he, I don't know if it was like a cover up for what he was saying about his comments or stuff. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's such a sticky subject right now to talk about because being an iconic image like Phil, Right. And like Andy's mentioned, like we've all mentioned, like he signs autographs after tournaments like Arnold did, you know, till dark. He would sign thousand autographs if he had a chance to. Right. I mean, I, I've had the the, you know, ability to see him actually in person at, at the Heritage and down in Hilton Head, South Carolina. I've seen him play there. I've seen him play down in Florida before. You know, just overall, he's a people's guy, you know, and it's so difficult to see somebody that a lot of people look up to say comments that rude and disrespectful. Um, you know, I'm not surprised that a lot of his sponsors dropped them personally. Uh, but you know, I, um, I'm curious to see how this kind of pans out, you know, in the next few weeks and months. So Bobby, are you, are you surprised that Shibnick then came out and says, uh, well, cause he made a reference until the made a reference of the, that things were taken out of context. And then Alan comes out and it was a ex exceptional reporter, by the way. And, and, and covers the sports, comes out and says, no, no, you know, they weren't. <laughs> they were not out of context. They, this is word for word. You knew we were we were doing this story. Um, but then he rallies quickly and comes to his defense also saying that the cancel culture, as Andy mentioned. Um, I mean, are, are you surprised? Here's the, here's the other one. Are you surprised that, that Alan released these a month or more before his book comes out? Uh, probably not. No. I mean, I've, I've probably given a, I don't know, maybe a thousand interviews. And there's many times that I said, you know, hey, Alan, this is off the record. And after every sentence, I go, this is off the record. This is off the record. And you get trained to do that. At least I, that's my, my style if I have to do that. Um, so I think, uh, um, I don't know, I, you know, I, don't, I think the writer did the right thing. I don't, I don't see where he's at fault in any of this stuff. Um, I do know that, uh, if I, if I was Phil, it should have been about a one sentence statement. If he was going to go the one way and say, Hey, I, I messed up. Sorry. Uh, I'm going to take some time off. I think he, he dug more of a hole trying to extrapolate a, a bunch of other stuff in there. Well, dude, you were, you were still at the PGA working for the PGA of America. I mean, I've got a, here's a list of like other Phil moments. We'll say, you guys can all just randomly jump in, but you were you were at the PGA when uh, twenty fourteen at Glen Eagles when he basically skewers Tom Watson right on the stage. Yep. Um, oh, I'm sorry, you're taking it the way I'm talking about Paul Easing, how he helped us play, et cetera, et cetera. And then uh, is that 
is that Phil? To me, yeah. to me, he is he's clearly considers himself the smartest guy in the room, right? I think he suffers from from that syndrome where where he thinks he's he's really smart. He thinks he's he's got these takes um, that you know everybody needs to hear, and and you know I I just think he's he's very egomaniacal. He, he seems like the Ryder Cup is uh, another example because it was at the Ryder Cup uh, 20 years. You know, he, he referenced uh, how Hal Sutton, that whole, everything went down there. He goes off and practices by himself while all the team is out playing. And he says, well, I, I was trying to get used to using Tiger's golf ball. Anyone? <laughs> Again, it, it's still <laughs> being, being the smartest guy in the room. Look, when he did the match, you know, that, that Capital One thing with Brady and Peyton Manning, and he was, he was, you know, on the microphone, he was incredibly interesting to listen to, right? You know, the way he was talking about the shots that he was going to make. I remember on the second green at the medalist, you know, he was, and I'm, I'm going to be there on Wednesday, by the way, but he, he missed the green to the right, and he's got this crazy chip shot, and he's explaining all the variables to it. I remember when he was on Faraday and he's telling Faraday how brilliant he is because he, he thinks about this, this, and this. He clearly thinks he's, he's smarter than everybody else. And he wants everyone to know it. I, I, do, I do believe he is that personality where he, at the, for example, at the match where he's describing, I'm going to bring it off this bunker five yards, cut it in there. It's going to do this. He loves to... Obliviate is that the correct word to about how how he's gonna he talks through his shot before he's gonna yeah. um, and when he can get center stage that, that plays into his personality. But talking about the smartest guy in the world, Christian, is that why he gravitates to your boy Bryson? <laughs> I don't know if anybody should ever gravitate towards Bryson personally. That's just that's just my take. But I I don't know. I'm, I'm I mean, with you on that one, Christian. By the way, <laughs> I've heard mixed emotions about Phil. Um, you know, there's been a lot of guys on tour that, um, you know, like we've like we've alluded to, don't like his cockiness, don't like the way he acts off the golf course. Like I, I've heard, I mean, I've read things, I've never heard them, but I've read things before, and I've had conversations with buddies of mine. I mean, obviously, we all know that he has a big gambling problem. Um, that he can throw down fifty thousand dollars on a on a front nine against in a, in a practice round against Ricky Fowler in the Masters, no problem, right? Some people may not like that. Some people may not like playing with him. I've always heard, I can't prove it, that there's always something in like a normal tournament. If you're paired with Phil, there's always something on the line with him. If it's like drinks after, if it's whatever, whatever the case may be, I've always heard that when it comes to Phil and a lot of people, especially like when it comes to majors or somebody that might be in contention to win, don't like playing with him because they don't need that extra thought on their mind. Bobby, before we move on, final topic, final, final point on this. He's lost all basically all his sponsors. They've removed him as the tournament tournament host of the American Express. Where does it end? How does how does he recover? You, uh, I don't remember who it was. Somebody, I think Andy might have been. You mentioned Justin Thomas. I mean, Justin seemed to rebound exceptionally well because he's a very classy young man. When he caught some heat for an inappropriate word, but where does it? What what saves Phil, or can he be saved? I don't know if he can save himself, but if he just goes, uh, you know, Mark loves that second chance, that comeback story. So 
you know, Tiger went through some tough times, laid low, was contrite and came back. Everybody loved him. Um, you know, Phil could be the same thing. He's going to have to lay low, really get sincere with an apology. Well, we'll see what happens with the, um, you know, with that league out there anyways. But, um, you know, at some point I can see him coming back and people doing some forgiveness. So as a, fo- a follow-up to that, because I did have it written down, I didn't touch on it though. And I'm going to let you chime in. Uh, Greg Norman took a shot over the PGA Tour's bow <laughs> this week. Also, he wrote he wrote his own little letter. <laughs> yeah, and and it was it was amateur hour. I mean, like some of the some of the choice of words in that open letter were like literally from a tenth grader. It's like, wh- what are you doing? And and do I think he had some valid points, maybe valid concerns about? the legal aspect of, of Jay Monahan, you know, suspending players for playing somewhere else, maybe, but I mean, the, the, the way, the way he went about it was, it was kind of a joke to me. Christian, Bob, you feel the same? Yeah. Well, I was just going to, one thought I had in my head was, uh, you know, the, the tour is strong. You know, when, when I was in Virginia, I was, uh, at a golf club that Dean Beeman owned and I worked for Dean and you know, he was telling me stories about when he went in as commissioner, they had a typewriter and a chair and a desk. I mean, you know, the tour has come a long way in a short amount of time. Dean took them from station wagons to jets. Um, you know, I think every player out there is making a good living. I know personally, some of the tour players, I don't think anybody would want to trade what they're doing out there. I mean, it, it's a, it's a really, yeah, there's some stress. There's some pressure. You're going to make some putts and they're all independent contractors, but I mean, it's, it's moving along pretty nice. And, you know, we got a guy Monahan from Massachusetts, Andy, so he's got to be wicked right. smart to uh, wicked smart. <laughs> oh, there comes wicked again. Yeah. To, to help, <laughs> uh, you know, tour won't go anywhere, um, but it's just a, a fascinating situation for sure. Just found it inter- I did find some of his choice of words interesting. Uh, you know, antitrust, monopoly, things of that. I mean, immediately went to, you know, you may be hearing more from this and, and what have you. Christian, you got anything to add on it? Nothing to add. You guys said, you guys, you, I mean, no, there's really nothing to add on it personally. I mean, I agree with what, you know, Bob and Andy both said, really. Let me, let me just add one more thing to this it is, to me about, you know, Bobby, your, your commentary about the PGA tour, which I think is, is appropriate and it, and it's, and it's spot on. Um, you know, you look at other leagues, you know, baseball's going through a, a labor issue right now. Um, and, and it seems like all the other sports leagues that, that deal with, with owners versus players, you know, it's, it's usually, the, the players are fighting for the rank and file, you know? Um, and, you know, whether it's the minimum for football or, you know, all, all of those issues that, that, you know, need, need to get settled for the rank and file, not for the top end earners. But you look at, at this beef and this beef is all about the top end. Cause I don't, I don't think any of the rank and file PGA tour members you know, are really bitching and moaning about, about the opportunity that they have. And for the guys at the top to be, to be pissing and moaning, I think is ridiculous. One other thing I'll add too 
is is we kind of breezed over this whole Charlie Hoffman thing. Um, yeah. And Charlie Hoffman took, you know, a bad situation personally with a ruling and in a circumstance to start throwing darts at the PGA tour as well. And, and I, I thought that was an extremely poor taste. I will. Let me, let me chime back to your first point. Your friend, and I, I'm, I'm shocked that Phil actually was the one, I mean, his time's passed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he's the reigning PGA champion. I get that. He can still play and with the, with the boys on the younger circuit, but is he trying to lay the groundwork for the guys behind him? What you, to your point, And this is why I, I, I wish Andrew was able to hop on. He's, he's taking care of some other things today. Couldn't join the panel. I mean, he could give you a perspective from sports management side, but I mean, yeah, everything's usually raising the minimum, the minimum start salaries and the rookie contracts for these teams coming in. Um, then you got guys like Joel Damon, who's like, yeah, the, the, the star players should make more money. They're not coming to see me. <laughs> so I just, I did. They do make more money. Yeah. yeah. I mean, literally, they call they it, do. it's called contracts and endorsements. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so uh, I don't get, I don't get the, the complaining from the top is, is insulting. Christian, what about Andy's other point with uh, Charlie Hoffman? To be honest with you, I don't, I, I've not seen, I, I haven't been up to date on the Charlie Hoffman. So if you can inform me, Alan, like you always do, then I will well, make a you know, comment. The, well, basically, uh, and actually, gentlemen, you can chime in on this also. Charlie took a Charlie took a drop, and the ball rolled back into the hazard, right? Mm-hmm. And, and he and he then got penalized. Okay, is that is that a? Yeah, that's that's what happened, and it was a unfor- an unfortunate situation. Um, and he took the opportunity to complain about his situation and turn it into this is why people are going to go play in Saudi Arabia. It didn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. So wait, so he dropped the ball in play, but it rolled into the water. You know, he he dropped, dropped, placed. Okay. Right. Then the ball was in play. Then he walked away. When he walked away, the ball then rolled into the water and he got penalized again. And by the way, as uh never was, I don't disagree with him. I mean, the ball's in play. The ball had been, I realized rubbing the green, but unfortunate ball rolled rolls back into the hazard uh, of course i don't think anyone disagrees with that but <clears throat> you don't take that and and make it about how bad the pga tour is steamroll the tour because of a, of a, of a ruling i mean Actually, that's, I, that's I mean that's a selfish comment yeah you, you want to go after any i mean that's that's a question that should be raised next time for the usga when they make their uh decisions right. or yeah, he 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 threw them under the bus. Also, I know. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that about like you know amateurs making the rules. Well, USCA started. It was it was an amateur game. It was is a little history lesson when golf was started. Yeah, it was aristocracy. It was, but it was amateur golfers, golf professionals, quote unquote, couldn't go in the clubhouse. It was all about the amateur game. Right. So, you know, back in the day. So, uh, you know, things have certainly changed, but. Um, yeah, that was just, I was struck by some of his comments. I thought they were off base. So let's, let's move on. And I, like I said, I wanted to touch on this one. We ran out of time last week. Wish uh, Brendan had been here this week, but 
and you're a stick. So uh, I'm interested to hear your opinion on this. Um, Brandel Chambly says that Joaquin Neiman is the Mike Trout of golf. For those of you that are out there listening, let's, let's talk a little swing instruction, swing theory here. Basically, Joaquin, through contact, his left arm is not against his body, similar to Trout with all that power being generated. And then he went on to, Brenda went on to elaborate in further tweets. He's a social media machine about how he even uh, in his early days, and I'll admit, I was taught this way. Um, old Mike Wynn, you mean Bob, that, you know, in the middle Atlantic. Inside, kept the weight on the inside inside of the knee. You turned against that, and, and you turned around your, your backside and, or your back leg, and then you fired through the, through the ball. And he's saying these modern guys actually roll to their outside of their ankle a little bit. Is that how they're generating power? Yeah, I mean, Brandel's a, a, a disciple of Lucas Wald, who's in Arkansas. And Lucas is one of these guys that's really, you know, talked a lot about about how the body moves and he's he's an anti-restriction guy right so he wants a lot of movement. he wants the left heel coming off the ground he wants people getting to the outside of their left ankle on the way down and and uh so lucas wald is is where brandle gets all of his inspirational um swing talk from um and lucas is a good young coach um so uh, personally, I love Joaquin Neiman's golf swing. I, I think it's, it's incredible. I think he gets so much out of his small frame. It's, it's incredible to me. Well, I mean, Christian, you're a strapping six foot three, uh, 200. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe not. Not. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe my dreams. <laughs> what, do, what do I mean, dude, let's be honest. You generate a lot of power. You're, you're, you're a, you're a what how tall are you? <laughs> five seven. Okay. You generate a hell of a lot of power at five <laughs> seven. What do you think about on the backswing? I mean, for me, I just think about first making contact and second, I just think about hitting, you know, just going back to basics, really. I don't really think about my swing when I'm actually swinging. I think about a target that I'm hitting out in, in you know, the middle of the fairway. And I try to hit it as best as I can. You know, I always pick out a line about two feet in front of my ball. And that's the line that I pick. That's the line I'm, I'm, you know, committed to. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out that way. But, you know, when you look at somebody like Joaquin Neiman swing, I mean, that dude generates, I mean, his club head speed and just a swing. It's just a, a slow motion. It's a treat to watch, honestly. I mean, he's a star in the making, if not already a star on the tour. And I think that he's going to win many, many, many tournaments coming down because not only does he demolish the ball, but his putting is solid as well. And his short game is actually very, very good. So Bobby down there at the Trident golf performance center. What do, uh, any thoughts? Oh, we'd like, uh, we like, yeah, I, I like his swing. I mean, it's a little bit of a throwback Johnny Miller ish a little bit. Um, just some of the movement through impact, but it, it's, it doesn't matter what the whole thing looks like. It goes back to Trevino's, right? Like the, that six inches at impact. And if you have confidence and you can repeat it under pressure, it's all about that. Um, there's so many good swings out there, but some people freeze up or they, they can't come through in the clutch. So. Well, let me ask you a question. Just Cause I remember this conversation way back. I had a, uh, a former business partner of mine, uh, God rest his soul passed away tragically in a, 
a number of years ago, but he was a disciple of Jimmy Ballard. And Jimmy Ballard definitely, he worked for Jimmy down at Doral when, or when Jimmy was down teaching that. Jimmy definitely moved off the ball. Yeah. Is that what you're saying, Andy, when you're talking about move, free flow of the motion? No, Look, no. By the way, I'm, I'm moving. If it's you guys just, can't see, I'm actually moving in the screen yeah. right now as I'm trying to explain this. No, it's just the opposite. It, it's, it's, you know, Jimmy Ballard talked more about, about really an, an upper body movement back and through. And, and uh, these guys are more talking about the, the, the most interesting thing about Neiman's uh, golf swing to me is his side bend, right? So if, if you look at slow motion pictures of Neiman at impact, nobody gets in that position. His, his right hip is so far rotated around and he has so much side bend that his shoulders are so almost perpendicular to the ground. It's unbelievable the position that he gets in. Um, and, and getting back to the point... Lucas Wald is a Ben Hogan guy and they're talking about, you know, a lot of what they talk about is, is in your backswing, you go from forward bend to side bend to extension. Right. And this all happens, you know, in a very centered way. So um, all the movement with the lower body is, is helping the upper body get really turned and, and loaded up like it is. Bob, anything to add? Well, Andy is a stick. I've seen him in action. <laughs> Andy is a stick. <laughs> and uh, what he's doing with Iconic Golf is really, it's a, it's revolutionizing, helping PGA pros, the LPGA pros, golf instructors out there uh, with the, the education component and looking at the swing. So, um, yeah, he's, uh, Neiman's doing some, Really good things. I think his confidence level has got to be huge. I mean, coming out of Riviera, that's a heck of a place to win a golf tournament. That history there. Um, I agree with Christian that, you know, proverbial sky could be the, uh, I don't know, opportunity for him and his potential is, is going to be strong. All right, Christian. So a topic near and dear to your heart. You said you had picks. Let's talk about the AP Invitational. Let's talk a little betting. We'll chime in here. Uh, I'm going to give you the top three. Okay. John Rahm plus 800, Rory McIlroy plus 1100, Scotty Scheffler, and Victor Hovland, both 1600. Which thoughts this week? Those aren't bad odds, personally. Um, I don't know. I don't like either of them this week, personally. They could easily win. Uh, they weren't any of my picks that I had, personally. But um, I like somebody – this isn't my pick, but I like somebody like a Will Zalatoris to win this week or going off at plus 3000, by the way. Uh, right. My, my pick Sam Burns. I just think that he has a ton of confidence and I think that he's ready for a big major win. I think this would be a major win for him. I think at his, at this point in his career, yes, he has won, but I think of the caliber of the tournament, I think this would be a major win for him. So his short games, there, his ball strikings there. I just, I, I like him this week. So Andy, I, I, I think Brooks is playing really good golf right now. Um, I think he's probably going to contend. Um, I also feel like like Daniel Berger should have won this tournament this, oh, this past weekend by a dozen. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised one bit if, if Berger won this week. You know, I made a comment while walking through the golf shop 
uh, on Sunday, which is Berger. He was still considered or was talked about for the, the Ryder Cup team, but he basically was largely unheard of after that West Coast swing, which he was on fire. He mm-hmm. is a guy when he gets hot, he's hot. He's so good. Yeah. Bobby, you got any, who you got this week? Well, interestingly enough, I have the same thought as Andy that Daniel Berger could come back being not too happy. I don't know if we can say pissed on the show or not, but uh, he was, uh, I mean, to give away the five shot lead at a, you know, basically a home game for him uh, that had to really tick him off. And I could just see him, like Andy said, just coming back, singularly focused and just get the job done. I thought he'd win. I really did. I thought he's got Ryder Cup experience. He's not a rookie. He's won a bunch of times. I, I was pretty shocked. Um, But yeah, on the other side, uh, I don't know. Boy, I, I for, almost forgot about Rom. I mean, he's had a little bit of time off. He, that, that could be a good pick there. Agreed. I'm going to go, you know, you guys, since we've merged uh, together, you don't know the passion that I have for this player. So Christian's going to go, oh, here we go. It's kind of like in Andrew. Andrew, whenever we say, hey, guess what, Andrew, who are you going to pick? It's either Justin Thomas. Or Colin Morikawa. Or Colin Morikawa. It's the only two. I'm players. like, oh, way to hedge, wait, wait, wait to go out on a limb there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I, on the other hand, a little more laid back in my selection, but I'm telling you, he's a superstar in the making. Victor Hovland gets it done this week. Can't argue with that either. I do it. I, I, Christian just fell out of his chair, folks. He just fell out. Yeah, he wants. I knew you were picking him before you even said it. I did. That's all I'm saying. Can can we can we say that that Matthew Wolf will not win this week? That <laughs> yeah. poor kid is lost again. Yeah. He's 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 gone into the darkness again. 8176 last week. That's, you remember when when those three came out when Hovland, Morikawa and Matt Wolf came out and they all won pretty quickly. Yeah. You know, they they were all you know, the, the, the three new shining stars and everyone looked at Wolf as the one who was, who was, you know, the one who's going to break out, but man, he's gone through a couple dark periods and it looks like he's in another one now. Oh, easily. You, you could see Jason day putting up, like he's fine. It looked like he found something earlier this year. I mean, mm-hmm. my, my, my guy's Ricky Fowler. I love Ricky. I would love nothing more than to see Ricky win a tournament in 2022 i don't know which one it would be i'd like to see ricky win a tournament so he gets back to augusta yeah it's gonna be weird without him there i think here's just an observation i don't know i'd like to get you guys your feedback but i'm a huge ricky fan i just think he's good for the tour he's good for everything i go to the honda on thursday i don't know i probably just want to get your feedback because i i might overanalyze this but when you look at the range at the at the Honda, Ricky was in the far left, the very first spot where you're going to warm up. So every single solitary tour player is coming onto the drive range at Honda, and Ricky's so congenial. He's saying hi to a lot of people. Yeah, he's warming up for a tournament. The putting green is right there. I just looked at that. And I thought, boy, if he's trying to get back on track and really grinding, would he go to the far right where nobody's going to see him? He could stay in his zone, hit some balls. I was just struck by he was right smack dab in the middle of the social area. Um, I don't know. Just an interesting observation. 
Yeah, and, I, uh, I would love to see. I would love to see Ricky win again. I think. I think everybody loves Ricky, um, but, and he's he's shown flashes of getting it back. I just, it's it's up and down still. And the late the ladies, uh, they are traveling. They are traveling across the big pond to the left. They're over at the HSBC Women's World Championship over in Singapore. Um, actually, I guess that's next week. That, that's technically March three through six. So. They're they're still in transit, I'll say, and uh, <laughs> they're they're, know, on, they're on the ship. They're on the ship. Yeah. So uh, shout out as always, uh, Daniel Kang. Uh, you're welcome to come on and play us. Um, we might have a shot. <laughs> 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 All right, Christian. Closing thoughts. Bring us home. 18 green. Bring us home. Uh, yeah, guys. I mean, I say it every week. Please continue to. Um, to follow us on social media, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the above. Um, you know, we're, we have a huge 2022 plan for you guys. We have great content. Um, you know, we hope that you guys can continue to follow us on this journey. We're doing it for you. We're hoping that we can bring you guys great content every week, make you guys laugh, kick back, have a beverage or have your morning cup of coffee on the way to work, listening to us, um, ramble about golf. Basically we should talk Andrew, all the above. It's all, it's all at a good heart. So, um, you know, Please, again, continue to follow us on social media. And um, that's my final thought. Andy? All right. Christian, thank you for the marketing department there. That was, that was some good work. Um, no, I, I think it, we've got, had a lot of interesting topics to talk about. Um, and I do love, love being able to, to go back and forth and share some, some insight and opinion on some of these things. And, and I just think that there's there's way more to come on this Phil thing. So I say, stay tuned. Bobby. I don't think you can tee the ball up too high. So everybody out there, make sure you tee it up plenty high. If you pop it up, it's a swing flaw. There you go. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. I don't know how to recover from that one. I will <laughs> simply say, uh, guys, we are 38 days to the masters. All right. Love it. I'm already queuing. I'm already queuing the TV. Love it. Yeah. Gentlemen, as always, pleasure. Christian, hit it long and straight whenever you get out of the snow because it beats you hitting it short and crooked. Yes, I do. <laughs> you only have one opportunity to sell your golf property. Shouldn't you partner with an expert that offers you 30-plus years of golf industry experience combined with the reach of a global leader in real estate? Collier's International Golf Brokerage and Advisory Services understands your unique business needs. Whether it is brokerage, management, and consulting, be reassured that the market leader in the business of golf is providing you the real answers and practical solutions you deserve. Contact Golf Talk Live co-host and Collier's Golf Advisory Services member, Alan DePew, today at 717-554-8519. That's 717-554-8519.